Again, it is a good morning, and I am privileged to be able to share with you this morning in this context, in the context of worship. Just as Mary and I, over the last five, five and a half years, have been privileged and blessed to be a part of a worshiping community whereby we understand ourselves as those called together by God to make disciples and release them for service in a broken world. I resonate very deeply with that simple statement, and I'm very pleased to be a part of a community that understands itself in those terms. But this morning, I also consider it a privilege to be a part of a service during which there are those who will be ordained and installed. From my perspective, the ordination and installation of leaders is a great moment within the life of any Christian family. It's the recognition that our living Lord continues to call his own, that he continues to gift, equip, and nurture his people, and that there are those who will continue to hear his call, his claim upon their lives to serve as he did and as he does. And so as a consequence this morning, as we are focusing upon, or will focus upon our deacons and our elders, even though we remain within the season of Christmas Advent, and you will recall, perhaps, that the liturgical colors for Advent Christmas are purple, a few nods, and white, right? Remember the, the Advent wreath we had here? Purple and white. Purple is to remind us of royalty. White is to remind us of purity. But those are exactly the same colors that we use liturgically for Lent, Good Friday, and Easter. Purple, the color of suffering. White, again, the color of purity, but also of new life. And so this morning, as I will encourage us to focus on John chapter 21, I would remind us that, that from one perspective, we would not have Christmas without Good Friday and Easter. That is, that Christmas is inextricably bound together with Lent, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And so this morning I invite you to consider, reconsider with me once again that wonderful exchange between Jesus and Peter as found in John chapter 21. This chapter in particular, at least for me, provides a great insight into Peter's transformation from a broken, shame-filled disciple to the rock upon which Jesus was able to build his church. 
I invite you this morning to ponder afresh with me John 21, verses 15 to 17. Let us consider shepherding the sheep. Shepherding the sheep. But before we do that, please now join me in a further moment of prayer. Living Lord, we ask that in these moments you will be present with us, that we will know of your presence. We ask that in these moments we will hear your voice, not mine. Please speak to us, help us to hear, and once we've heard, then grant us the will to do what it is that you might ask. Use these moments to your benefit in our lives. This we humbly ask in your great and wonderful name. Amen. If you would now, please listen to and for the word of God as it comes to us from John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than, than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know, you know everything. You, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You may recall that within the first portion of John chapter 21, we observe Peter and six others returning to that life that they had known prior to Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection the life of fishing. At dawn, however, after a fruitless night of fishing, a voice from the shore, Jesus, redirected their efforts, whereby they caught a great catch of fish. Once that catch had been hauled ashore, Jesus fed his disciples, but after breakfast, he then turned to Peter. Three times Jesus asked Peter to declare his love. In the first two instances, Jesus used the Greek word agapao. Some of you knew I would throw in some Greek. He used that Greek word agapao or the noun form agape. 
essentially asking of Peter with a self-sacrificing love, do you love me? In the third instance, Jesus used the word phileo, or philos for friend, Philadelphia, essentially asking of Peter, with the deep love of friendship, do you love me? In response to Jesus' questions, consistently Peter used the word phileo, philos, replying, yes, you know that I love you with the deepest of friend to friend love. However, given these two Greek words for love, we dare not forget Jesus' earlier statement. No one has greater love, agape, agapao. No one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Phileo. We'll come back to this in a moment. Now, Jesus' first question of Peter was framed as a comparative. Do you love me more than these? From his question, we don't know whether Jesus was referring to the life of fishing. Do you love me more than these boats and, and the water and the waves and the wind and, and the sometimes satisfying labor? or whether Jesus was referring to the disciples. Peter, do you love me more than these love me? Whatever Jesus referent, Peter did not set himself over or above or against these. No doubt the failure of his three denials had humbled him greatly, undercutting his tendency to boast. To his credit, Peter repeated, yes, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. But with his third response, he added, you know everything. This addition probably reflects Peter's great grief. For with his third question, Jesus seemingly underscored Peter's denials and his failure to sacrifice himself for Jesus' sake. Peter did not affirm I love you self-sacrificially. This said, Jesus, I believe, welcomed the love that Peter had for him. 
Also of note in this exchange between Jesus and Peter, from my perspective, are the commands given to Peter. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. The word for feed suggests nurturing care, providing all that ensures good health. Whereas the word for tend suggests shepherd leadership, which, yes, concerns itself with good health, but also seeks to anticipate, to plan, and to purposefully direct and guide towards a goal or a destination. One further thought. Surely Jesus' questions of Peter addressed Peter's failure. In light of his three denials, Peter was given the opportunity to affirm, I love you, as a counter to his earlier, I know not the man. But with this observation, we do well, I think, to ponder Jesus' tack. He did not ask Peter to explain his behavior as reasonable or as loving as Peter might have intended that to be. Whatever his perceived reasons and love, there could be nothing to justify Peter's failure. Peter was without excuse. Jesus did not provide Peter the opportunity to defend himself. He did provide him the opportunity to express his love and thereby to know Jesus' love and forgiveness. Recently, I was reminded that that Jesus' words are, are fully apropos for those of us who are pastors, which there's no rocket science here. But it's apropos for those of us who, like deacons and elders, who seek to provide shepherd leadership and care. It is well for us to hear, pastor my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. But then I was reminded that these imperatives are directly related to the question, do you love me? In other words, one's love for Jesus is to be measured and observed in one's shepherding the sheep. And these aren't just anyone's sheep. No, these are the sheep of the good shepherd. These are the sheep he knows by name, intimately. These are the sheep who know his voice, intimately. 
These are the sheep who will find their safety and their security and their health in Him. These are the sheep for whom the Good Shepherd gave His life. Quite simply, to love Him is to love His sheep and to love them is to feed them. Ah, but what constitutes good feeding or or a good diet for his sheep? From my perspective, the sheep are best fed when they experience VBS. That's right, Vacation Bible School. Or I could use the letters GB, Great Banquet. As church, we are at our best when we in leadership, undergirded by prayer and healthy relationships, and let me repeat that, undergirded by prayer and healthy relationships, we are at our best when we provide a balanced diet of what I will call four food groups. First, clear, meaningful, biblical content with suitable application. Second food group, literally, food. Food we share and enjoy with one another, whether it happens to be graham crackers and apple juice, or brunch in the gym, or popcorn in a home group. Food. Jesus fed his disciples breakfast. Third, music and singing, centered upon Jesus and our triune creator. Fourth, in his name, fun, and or meaningful activity, physical activity, and service with one another. I know that's a lengthy sentence. But there is that fun, physical, and serving with one another. In all of these, these four food groups, relationships are fundamental throughout. For those of us who have had the, the blessing to minister in non-American settings, Haiti, Mexico, Brazil, Spain, the Middle East, Romania, and or Uganda, there is a reason why the VBS format, and I'm not talking about a formula, but there is a reason why the VBS format translates so well cross-culturally. It provides a basic, healthy diet for his sheep, irrespective whether they are newborn lambs or those who have been sheep for years and years. As elders and deacons, and I realize I failed to ask, how many of you I'm switching stream a little bit. Uh, Humor me. 
How many of you uh, have been uh, ordained and installed as elder and de or deacon? This is a great moment. This is a, truly is a parenthetical thought. Um, but one of the wealth of, of, of this ZPC community is this, this great treasure of leaders. Scott sometime recently shared with me that there is, and I always have to think of the, the acronym, COED, right? College of Elders and Deacons, and over, some t over 200? Some? What a wealth this community has in its leadership. Um, now, if we can come back to where I was supposed to be going. It seems to me, as elders and deacons, you need constantly to ask, are we providing a well-rounded diet for his sheep? Or ask differently, are his sheep feeding too much on one of the basic groups? Are we providing a well-rounded diet? As I thought of Jesus' words to Peter, and it may have occurred to you, it occurred to me that these words are not only applicable for those of us who are in church leadership, but in fact for anyone who seeks to tend and to care, to feed, for anyone who seeks the nurture of good health for others, for anyone who purposefully directs others into an unknown future, like 2021. For, for anyone like a mother or a father or a grandparent, a friend, a colleague, a teacher, a doctor. For anyone who seeks to care and nurture. If we are parents, are our children really not the sheep of another who died for them? If we have responsibility for and over others, are not these sheep created by him, created by the one who sacrificed for them? in order that they might know his love, his joy, his hope, his peace. If you claim to love Jesus, then that love should be evident in your loving care for those about you. But notice, this loving care will receive little applause from the world in which we live. That world has yet to applaud the love manifest upon a Roman cross and evident in an empty Jewish tomb. If you love Jesus, you will tend and feed his sheep who admittedly, like all of us, are sometimes messy, silly, disobedient, and unresponsive. 
nonetheless, you will do just as he did and as he does. Jesus asked, do you love me? Peter replied, you know everything. I wonder this morning, what is your response? Let's pray. Living and loving Lord, we, we thank you that we're able to begin a new year together in worship, centered upon you and who you are. As we begin this new year, may we be those who will more and more seek to love you and thereby seek to love those you love More and more may we serve one another by feeding, tending, providing a well-balanced diet. But as we provide that for others, may we also seek that for ourselves. As we live this year, 2021, please continue your good shepherding work in our lives. Please. And this we humbly ask in your great and wonderful name. Amen.